Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. Welcome back to the Behind Their Business podcast, or if this is your first time here, welcome. Today, our guest is going to share about shedding mom guilt which is something that every single mom has dealt with at one point or another. And she's going to talk about how having more me time in her life or how she has more me time in her life without feeling guilty or worrying about kids or family responsibilities. So I think this is going to help so many women out there, so many moms. But in her business, our guest is a mom, wife, and the founder of Beautifully Blooming, which is such a beautiful name. I love that. (laughs) And she supports moms who have gotten lost in the title of motherhood, to find their identity as a woman and a mom. So please welcome Mallory McGarry. Mallory, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, awesome. So before we dive into hearing or talking about all things mom, <laughs> let's okay. you were doing before you started your business, before you came became a mom, you're working corporate, correct? I worked at corporate. I'm, I was an event planner, so that took a lot of time. And then my business actually got built out of me becoming a mom and my journey to becoming a mom. Both of my babies, I love them and they're IVF babies. So that journey is a whole different set of standard to take on. But um, that journey was great. And I remember when, and I always say when my son was birthed earthside, I was birthed as a mom. And I looked at his face the first night in the hospital. It was just him and I. And I looked at his face and I was reflecting about where I'd come in my life that I have a career. I got married at 28. I had him at 32. So I had established a career. I had established all these great things. And I was really proud of my life. And I looked at him and went, oh, my gosh, you're my world. But I'm terrified of you being my world because I had to give felt like I had to give up a lot of the person that I was. So that's actually what built my business. What came through and beautifully blooming. I, when I get interviewed is always like, why did you pick this name? And it's because every woman is a beautiful flower, I believe. And we all have to bloom differently and we're all blooming the best way we know how. And without comparison of like, if I'm a daisy and you're a rose, I'm not looking at you going, Oh my gosh, I wish I were the rose because a daisy is equally as beautiful as a flower. And we have something different to offer to a garden. So that's where my business came from. And that's where it all built together 
that as being a mom, you're kind of blooming into a new stage of life. Okay. So I'm going to say something that is going to sound so out there. Like people are going to be listening. (laughs) They're going to be like, Stephanie, what is wrong with you? Okay. So I had this moment when I was in a spin class, it was earlier this year before I got pregnant. Yeah. So I was Mm -hmm. in a spin class and I had this moment afterwards, like in the sauna when I was by myself and I had closed my eyes and I was just like feeling the heat and I felt like a flower blooming. Like (laughs) I love that. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like, I just closed my eyes and all of a sudden, like I could just see like myself blooming Mm -hmm. as this flower. And I was like, that is such a beautiful analogy. So the fact that you said that and the fact that you (laughs) named your business after that, I was like, that blew my mind because that's how I envision myself now after having that, like really Mm -hmm. a lot of people will think out there moment, but um, (laughs) that little woo woo ish moment, right? Exactly. Exactly. But it's so true. And I love how you say like there's daisies in a garden, there's roses in a garden, there's mm-hmm. sunflowers and we're all different. And that's, that's such a beautiful thing. So that's yep. amazing. That's Thank amazing. you. Yeah, of course. Um, So I want to hear, well, we weren't planning to talk about this, but do you mind sharing a little bit of your IVF journey? If not, that's totally sure. fine. I'm, to- I'm one of those that's an open book. I feel kind of that it's a topic that isn't touched on a whole lot, but a lot of people are experiencing it and or people know somebody that's going through it and don't know how to talk about it necessarily. So here's my story. It's similar to some and not similar to others, but um, we tried for three years before I had my son and it went, we started out and it was like, okay, couldn't get pregnant naturally. And then we went to the fertility center and they're like, okay, let's try this type of treatment, which was called an IUI. And we, we went through eight field of those before they're like, okay, try and go to, um, you're going to need to do IVF. And through all the testing and everything, it was always like, you're normal and your husband's normal, but what it could like, you're unexplained. You're in an unexplained category. We don't know how to tell you why you can't get pregnant naturally as if it's not like a PCOS or an endometriosis or other things that are explainable. And so it just took a lot of uh, gumption, I guess you would say, to take it on because it is a it is a lot. It's a lot of extra. You feel when people say extra to me, I know it's like big and happy, like big and a lot, and kind of in your face. But that's kind of IVF a little bit in in your face too because you're taking on extra hormones. You gain extra weight, obviously, because extra hormones add add to that. You're gaining, you're getting just a lot of extra that your body and your mind quite aren't ready for in that in sharing it, but going through the process was very eye-opening in actually leading me down the path to my business of how your mindset affects a lot of things. I had a couple, you get a lot of blood drawn. And so I had a couple of the nurses, every time I get my blood drawn, they're like, why are you so positive about this? We see so many people and they seem kind of sad about it or ashamed about it or just like, oh, we don't know how to expect. And I said, well, what's it going to do if I'm negative about it? I'm only transferring all of that energy. And I don't want any of that energy in my body. I want to keep everything positive and working and keeping everything. And plus, I have a way to have a family. So it kept me positive. But my and round one and round two, I had to do full two full cycles for each baby. And it's a whole different ballgame, but one I wouldn't change for the world. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to know, has that 
tied into any of your mom guilt that you've experienced in the past? Going um, through it has. Okay. It has. It has. <laughs> so it's going through uh, becoming a mom and, and into mom guilt, which is something I've really had to shed of being, there's a, kind of a difference I've noticed in times when I like people are, tell me, Oh, I'm pregnant. It's awesome. And, or like, Oh, I'm so sick. And it kind of, when you go through this process, your natural feeling is kind of like, well, you're lucky that you can do it on your own or what I wouldn't give to have be throwing up every day just to know that I was pregnant or what I wouldn't give to wake up in the middle of the night. Sometimes there's a little transfer still, like we're still working on it. My little guy's almost three and you kind of absorb into like, oh, I will get up any hour of the night for you. I will do whatever you want. I will let you sleep with me if I, if you need it, or I'll pick, get out of bed and sleep on your floor, that type of thing. Like we had talked about earlier of like trying to train your kid. And sometimes it's led into like, oh, as we grow up and transition into, I don't, you're not going to sleep in mom's bed. You can sleep on the floor or whatever. It kind of has turned into, but like, I trained you to do this because I felt like I, it, I had to express to you fully what, how much I loved you and how wanted you were. And this is a, a way I've just extended it rather than saying you're still wanted, you're still loved because you are, but we also are growing up as a family. So we've got to kind of find that balance a little bit. So there is a little bit of mom guilt that's shed, shedding at the moment too, of just different stages that I'm at. But most of that mom guilt has, has shed in the fact of you don't have, I think sometimes I've looked at it as like, but my kids are IVF kids. They're not normal kids when really they're normal kids. They're, they're growing the same rate. They have the same milestones. They're learning the same way as, as your little guy. And that's, it's a one way to kind of strip that, stripping that label off of them and just saying, you're just a kid rather than you're this type of kid, I guess is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. So I've never even thought about assigning a label, but I mean, I can absolutely mm -hmm. see how you could feel that way and like mm -hmm. feel kind of extra guilty if you're doing something wrong, because you're like, I wanted this child for such a long time and yeah, like, and tried so mm -hmm. hard for everything. So yeah, thank you for just shedding some you're light welcome. on that because I know that, I mean, I personally have never had to go through IVF mm -hmm. and I'm very grateful for that. So it's always great to hear other people's experiences and just kind of see like mm -hmm. even the mindset of where people were at. Like, I love that you just embrace <laughs> the whole positivity thing, even throughout yep. your IVF journey and now. And yeah, so um, thank you. yeah, of course. So diving into the mom guilt thing a little bit. Kay. Do you remember like the first time that you felt that mom guilt or like one time in particular that really stands out for you? Um, I'm probably not necessarily at the time of it did it like stick out to me that it was mom guilt, but um, I, I did things really probably backwards a lot of like recovering from a delivery. Both of my babies are C-section deliveries. So you're supposed to take a little bit more time to recover. And I did not, <laughs> I was like, cool. I got home on a Sunday rested and was like back to life on that Monday when I probably shouldn't have, but a, a, probably a little bit of mom guilt was I went to go, um, 
to pick up groceries, which was really random. And I had left my son with my husband, which is great and fine and totally normal. But I was like, you're not with me. Like, you need to be in the car. Like, I have to have you with me now at all times because you're you're mine. And, and like, we're still new and all of these things. I felt so guilty that I just didn't have him in the car. And I'm like, I'm running two minutes away to go to the grocery store <laughs> and it's fine. But like, I sobbed on the whole way there and I sobbed on the whole way back. But I got back in my driveway and I like sat in my car and was just like, why am I crying? This is totally fine. He's totally fine. He's capable with dad. He's or anybody like any of my family members that came over. But I was just like, he's totally fine. He's taken care of. Nothing's happening. And I'm letting it eat me up so much inside that I'm not going to be able to function if this is going to continue in that way. Yeah, I can relate to that so much. Even like <laughs> up until recently, if my husband would take my son somewhere, I would feel I wouldn't I don't think it was even guilty. It was like the sense of not being next to him, like feeling detached mm -hmm. almost. Mm -hmm. Like he was yep. he's like supposed to be next to me because that's yes. <laughs> that's how yes. he was raised. Like like it's always been me and him together. Mm -hmm. So if he goes out with his dad somewhere, I'm like like a part of my body is like, I'm missing an arm. Right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And especially if my, um, my little guy was born right before COVID, like everything happened. So we had like a couple months of, I'm going to call old normal and then COVID. So it was always attachment, attachment, attachment. That's all he knew. I work from home. I, we did everything together. Like we were always together, always doing stuff. And now I, I'm ready, like we're ready to start preschool and all of that sort of thing where I'm kind of like, we've got to, we've, you and I have got to like separate somehow, still feel occasionally like my arm's missing, but in shedding that mom guilt, it's been me really leaning on my village and being able to say, Hey, I need some help, which I think as a mom, it's somewhere ingrained in us or like we pick up some code book as you turn to a mom and there you get ingrained this like code of asking for help is something that is not like you, sh you can't do. You're a, you're a weak person if you're asking for help. And I've really had to lean into that as I've been, as I've shed mom guilt of saying, Hey, uh, like dad, can you watch baby for a little bit? Or I need to be able to create content without having a tiny human in the background screaming at me or anything like I really need to sit and focus calling a neighbor and, and or a friend and saying, Hey, I need you to just watch my kids for a couple hours. Is that okay? Or, and it's really worked out in the fact of allowing for him to blossom in to the person that he is and me to blossom more into the woman and mom I want to be because asking for help and allowing my village and my tribe, whatever you want to call it, you find your people gives him a different sense of the world as well of it's giving him that that well-roundedness as well as giving me the time to really step into who I want to be, who I am authentically without feeling guilty of being the person that I want to show up as. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've noticed, and I mean, let me know if this resonates with you at all, but I noticed when mm -hmm. I started to ask myself more questions about like, why, why do I feel like my son is a missing appendage when he leaves? Like I, <laughs> I, I asked myself questions about 
everything that I'm experiencing mm-hmm. feel all the time. So when I did this, I realized that the root cause for me was this need to have control. Like if mm-hmm. he's around me, I can make sure that he stays safe. If he, this is going to sound awful and I don't mean this to sound awful at all, but no. like <laughs> if he's with my husband, I'm not there to protect him. Like would my husband yep. protect him? Obviously he would give his life for his son, but it's like, yes. I'm not the one diving in mm-hmm. front of a bullet for him, you know? So <laughs> exactly. Is that something that you had to overcome too? I did have to overcome that of um, like going back to work. I had to get Cause I went on maternity leave, took a break, right. To be with my, be with my little guy. And then I went, when I went back to work, I worked three days a week. So that I'm really, so two, two of those days I have, um, somebody come watch my kids. And then one day, the other day, it's just them running around. Cause it's just kind of more of a content day that I'm not like focused on call client calls or whatever. But the first time that I had to leave him, I was like, I think my mom watches my kids one day and then I have a nanny that watches them another day, but my mom was watching them and I called her like every hour. I was like, is he fine? Is he fine? Is he fine? And she was like, I don't know how you were raised because like she looked at me and was just like, I don't know how you made it because I raised you. So quit asking me if he's fine because you're fine. He's going to be fine. And that kind of put it into perspective of like, okay, like, they're fine. Like, it's fine. Yeah, we were all raised by somebody. So we're gonna, it's gonna have to transfer somehow. And they're gonna be fine. It's gonna be a different experience. And it's not necessarily going to be mom. But it doesn't mean that they love them any less than I do. So I had to let go of, oh, I I, like, they're gonna, I promise, you know, and my mom will sometimes be like, he crashed today still like he he just ran in like he just crashed into the wall or whatever and like now to me it's like meh he'll live but at first it's like oh my gosh are we dying like is he fine so it it took a little bit to get around the fact of letting that go of being like whether he is with dad and that I couldn't control that experience around him and that safety but it was always I had to lean into well they all loved me and all of these people love my kids as much as they love me, let alone love them more. So they're going to take care of them the same way I would. Mm-hmm. This is so incredibly relatable because, <laughs> oh, I have two stories that just relate to okay. this so much. So first, like, like I said, whenever my son would like, say you would go to his parents' house, mm-hmm. my dad, my dad, my husband would take my son and like, go to his parents' house. We have a, uh-huh. um, an app on our phone that like tracks like where everybody's at so we can see. So yeah. I would literally track him driving to make sure that he got to the house. Okay. Like, Stephanie, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like, mm-hmm. it's like a 20 minute drive, but I had to track it. And then the first time, um, so we used to have a nanny before I retired my husband and right. she would come a couple days a week. And the first time that I left him alone with her, it took me like four months to get to this point because she would come into the house yeah. and I would work out of the house. I had to take my, I, my husband got in a fender bender. So I had to take the car to the repair shop, which is not even joking, like two minutes down the road, the <laughs> entire time I had my phone pulled up because we have a camera in our living room area. Yeah. Watching that camera to make sure that everything was okay. And I was gone for, I'm not kidding, more than 10 minutes, but the entire right. time I was like panicking on the inside. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's listening to this and you are feeling the same way, or you have felt the same way, the same I way, just, 
you're not alone. We have all experienced this at some point. I think it's, it's hard too, of just like kind of the way the world is at the moment where it feels like everything is unsafe, where like you look outside and there's a random car you haven't seen before. You're like, Nope, we're never like, we're live. We're batting in the hatches. We're, we're not coming out until like for the next seven hours, we're in this house type of thing where you want, it, it creates kind of more of that anxiety but I've had to look at it and kind of take it in stride of saying, okay, what is real out of this? And what am I totally exaggerating in my mind? My personality is a very imaginative personality. So I take everything to the next level. And it's like, if I see a car on the street and it's, oh, we're, we're closing everything. We're going to go hide in the bunker and we're like never coming out ever again type of thing. Cause these people are coming after us and it's like the repair guy for a neighbor. And so it's kind of been just one of those, okay, where's the reality in this? And is, and you, you know, moms have this amazing intuition of saying, this is, a, this is safe. This isn't safe. And in that, and knowing that boundary and, and knowing your own boundaries of what you deem is um, okay and respectable with it for your kids and what isn't, what behavior you're going to accept and whatnot. And it's been one of those, like when my nanny comes every week, once a week, she comes once a week and it's like, okay, this week we're working on, we're working on letters and he's been trying to really get over, like expressing how to be frustrated and really expressing what that is. He likes to help. So here are some things like I've put out if you want to, she's really creative and she's great, but it's been like, here's some things that have worked for me. Maybe they might not work for you. But if you have something like come back at me and be like, hey, we did. So I'll come home and she'll be I'm like, what'd you do? And they'll just be like, we did this, this and this. I'm like, oh, I would have never thought of that. So now I can integrate that into how we experience things. But it's been kind of that balance of here's what I have and I'm going to give it to you. But come back with at me with something else that works because I'm happy to try it to make everybody's lives better in that space. Yeah, no, that's, that's such a good point. Like you still have some like semblance of quote unquote control because you're like mm-hmm. lending, like here, you can do this if you want to. And then the thing that they do is 10 times better. And you're like, it's like, always better. Why do I, why do I even try? Like, exactly. We're like, how did I not even think of that? That was like right in front of my face and I missed it. Yep. The entire thing. Yep. I completely relate to that. Mm-hmm. Now I was going to ask you like, what, tips do you have for moms who are experiencing this mom guilt right now? Like, I mean, we've shared so many different stories about how we have both felt <laughs> mom guilt, yes. but like when it comes to overcoming it, I know that, um, that tip that you just shared now about like mm-hmm. giving the nanny something to do is like some way of holding on to control, but yep. not fully, like you're still giving it away. Mm-hmm. So if there's a mom right now who's listening to this and she's like in those beginning stages of like feeling all of the guilt crying when she has to go to work like yeah those very beginning stages which we have all felt yes we have what would you suggest that she do um my number one tip is all is is this in stepping out of that mom guilt and I've learned it from a friend of mine so I kind of leaned it a little bit and now I share it with my clients but it's what I call a solo what she calls a solo date and what I call a solo date And you don't, the best part about it is you don't have to do it solo 
So it sounds like you have to go out and do something like really big and elaborate for yourself. Maybe like go get a massage or whatever. There are times that sure that is needed and please reward yourself, give yourself permission to do that sort of thing. But I don't have like all the desire to do all these things by myself, but there are times that it's like, I want to make, um, like I want a batch of cookies. So he'll, I'll give my son a little bit of dough or whatever to kind of make his own cookies. I know there's going to be a mess and I'm fine with it. I've, I accept that, but we're in the same space doing the same activity, but I'm going in with the intention that I'm learning about myself. Maybe I'm trying a new recipe. So I'm learning if I like a new recipe, maybe I'm trying like a favorite recipe and want to improve it somehow. Or I'm, I've done this too, of like building a craft. Like I like to be kind of crafty and hands-on. So it'll be, he's coloring and something, but I'm going in with the intention of creating something, whatever this project is that we're creating together. He's in the same space. We're doing a similar type of type of activity, but it's not, I'm not focused on entertaining him. I'm focused on really getting into something, either I'm trying something new or I'm doing something that I love that fills up my cup. So that's probably like the simplest thing I would say, even if at nighttime is what, this is how I started. This was, I'm not a huge bath taker, but when I, to start this process is I put him down to bed and I just turn everything off and sit in the bath and just sit for 20, 30 minutes. I'd re be reading a book, really felt the luxury of being wrapped in the bubble bath of like it was when I was single and freshly married that it started that reset because it started to fill up my cup. I love my kids with all of my heart. I would do anything for them. They don't fill up my cup. I love my husband with all of my heart. He does not fill up my cup. The little things that I like to do, I've, I really like to bake. I like to read. I love to be outside. Those things by taking that time that it fills up my cup and actually makes me a better mom, a better wife, a better business owner, everything like that, because I have the energy to pour out. So starting small, just start with something. Maybe you, you go outside and he's your kid is playing in the dirt or doing something over here and you're doing something over here, but you're together, but you're still going in more with the intention of I'm doing something for me. That's the number one thing you have to go into that intention because you can take a bath, you can make cookies but it's not the same without the intention of this is filling up my cup. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a good way to get started. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. I was it unintentionally doing that in the beginning. And then <laughs> uh -huh. I eventually for my own sanity had to graduate to Steph solo day, which is what yep. one day a month where my husband would literally leave with our son for the entire day. And it was my day to do whatever I wanted to do. So if I wanted to go shopping, I would go, if I yep. wanted to, watch Netflix for 12 hours and just lay on the couch. <laughs> That's what I would do. And some days that happened. No shame. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> exactly. But it took a long time for me to get to that point. Because like I said, whenever he would walk out mm -hmm. the door, it was like an arm was falling off. So, right. so obviously start slow, work your way up. And if you don't even know what fills your cup, this was a hard thing for me too. Like I had to make a list of the things yeah. that I enjoyed, like Stephanie enjoyed, not Stephanie and her child, like going to the park, like what are things that yes. Stephanie enjoys doing on her own? Like what did she enjoy doing when she was single, when she was freshly yeah. married? Yep. So like yep. that could also be another place to start if you're like, I don't even know what I would do for a solo yeah. day. Even, even being like, what did I like to do before? What does 
you know, Stephanie, what does Mallory like to do? What did she, what did she like to do? Or what does she want to try? Yeah. What does she like? That was something that also spurned it too, of like, oh, I, I would love to this, but, and then I do something I used to love and thought I loved. And it was like, oh, I don't fall in love with this as much anymore. So then I picked something that was like, I'm going to try this. And I was like, oh, I actually kind of like that. That was something new, something different. Maybe I didn't really love it, but it's not going to be in the routine, but I tried something new. And so look at your life in that way of like, what does your name, whoever you are, like to do? What did you like to do? And what do you want to do? That'll give you enough to kind of bridge a lot of different gaps in starting that. If make some of those dates being away, away out of the house and some of the dates being home with your kids, learning how to do it with your kids, finding that full intention of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 24 year old Stephanie loved to day drink on rooftops in the city. 33 <laughs> year old Stephanie does not enjoy this anymore. I mean, every once in a while, don't get me wrong, right. but that sounds exhausting. Now. <laughs> Life happens. I mean, exactly. 24 year old Mallory really loved to be out like building bonfires at 11 at night in the mountains. 35 year old Mallory wants to go to bed at 930. Like that seems really excessive. I do. I do it occasionally. Sure. But every all the time. No, that is not me anymore. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I love how you said, like, look at the things you used to do. And then like, let's get a little bit more realistic on the things that Mm -hmm. actually will happen in your life. Right. Because what you used to do and what you used to like are not going to fit in your space now, right? We evolve, we grow, we change. So some of those things you've already shed and other things you're like, oh, I can totally handle this. This is totally great. Totally fine. And I want to keep this as part of my routine. And other times like, oh, not so much. But don't think that like calling your girlfriends and saying, let's go out to dessert or dinner is not being on a solo date because it is. It's what fills up your cup. That's something that fills up your cup. So like sometimes it's a solo date intentionally with other people, but you're still doing something that you yourself absolutely love. So take that into account too, filling up your cup, however that looks. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I know that you have something that you want to share with everybody. So before we wrap up, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, I have um, my masterclass is free that I want to share with everybody. And it's called the three secrets to finding freedom in motherhood. It talks, we talk a little bit about mom guilt and diving into more of that finding your village, but it's the steps to get you started on being able to shed that mom guilt and find who you are in as in the world as a woman and a mom, because you're not just mom. If you do go around saying, I'm just mom, I'm just a mom. You're not just a mom. You're, you're a mom, you're a partner, significant other wife, whatever that looks like. You're a sister, a daughter, uh, like a sibling, a daughter-in-law, whatever that looks like. You have a lot of different roles. You're not just one of those things. So to be able, not only are you shedding mom guilt, you're shedding the labels and how they define you. You're defining what they are, what they look like to you. So that is is my gift to your group, all of the the amazing listeners. You'll get the details. on the website and the link I will share with Steph, but please come, please start to learn that you can be a woman and a mom at the same time. Yes. I love are you teaching this live or is it? Recording? I am teaching it live. Okay, cool. So if they it have questions, live. they can ask you mm-hmm. even better. Yep. Love that. Even okay. better. I'm here for any questions. If you have questions, hit me up on Instagram 
um, at Mallory McGarry or email me at Mallory at beautifullyblooming.com. You can find me, get a hold of me if you have questions, want to chat. I do free 20 minute chats all the time. So book it on my calendar if that's something that interests you as well. Awesome. That's so great. Thank you again for being here, Mallory. Thank you for talking all about mom guilt with me, sharing your stories as well. So if somebody wants to connect with you, where's the best way to do that? The best way to do that is at beautifullyblooming.com, which is my website. It will lead you to everything, all the different ways to get connected, social media handles and everything like that. And you're also welcome to join the Beautifully Blooming and Motherhood Facebook group that I've got where all moms are just coming to share real life. Love it. Yes, that's amazing. We are yep. all about real life here. So we'll <laughs> yes. link to all of those in the show notes. So thank you again for being here. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.